your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. We're going to stand, if we're able, and sing together. This I believe. I hope this is familiar to you. We've used it in an online service. We've used it in a joint service. I'm not sure if we've used it as a just us service, but I'm sure it'll be familiar as we go through. So please stand and sing when you're able.
sit down, friends. Let us pray. Father God, it's really good to be in this place together, really good to be able to come and worship you. We're delighted that all of our horizons are open now because of what you did, Jesus, for us on the cross. As we've just been singing, uh, your death and your resurrection, it makes everything different. Everything is new for us. Every, every possibility is there. Life in all its fullness is there for us now. We recognize, Lord, in the presence of your beauty and holiness that we're not all that we should be. We say, we say things, we think things, we do things that are not honoring to your name. And even in these past few days, there'll have been something Something that has pulled us up short. Something that we know we should not have been anywhere near. And yet, it happened. We are sorry, Lord. Truly sorry for those things. And with your help, we won't touch them again. We want to be renewed. We want to be forgiven. We want to be restored. We want to begin again with you. Please take us and use us. Help us to be all that we can be and all that we should be. Bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's hear from God's word. Today's reading comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 1 to 18, the empty tomb. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary of Magdala went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. When the disciples went back to their home, then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, 
Why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary of Magdala went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. We shall sing together once again. From heaven you came, the servant king. If you're able, please stand.
So let us learn how to serve. And in our lives enthrone him, each other's needs to prefer. For it is Christ we're serving. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now to follow to bring our lives as a daily offering of worship to the Servant King. We pray together. Father God, once again we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Now, if you're involved with Virginia Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Amen. Housekeeping going on there. We come to God with our prayers of intercession. Let us pray. We're thankful, Father, for this opportunity to pray, particularly to pray for the world, where so many things are going on uh, and they're of such importance and such weight and size. As we've said in the past, sometimes we can feel overwhelmed. And yet, we want to do whatever we can, wherever we can, whenever we can. We are thankful for the example of our sisters and brothers in Baptist churches across Ukraine right now. All the work they're doing in Mariupol and in Luhansk and Donetsk. It is astonishing. Evacuating people, moving them out of harm's way, bringing humanitarian aid, food, medicine, hosting the homeless, providing shelter, providing bomb shelters, looking after orphans, praying, worshipping, distributing Gospels and Bibles, taking hope wherever they can. And even in the midst of all that is going on in that country, people are coming to faith. We are amazed, Lord. And yet we shouldn't be. Thank you for the strapline of the Ukrainian Baptist Union. We pray, act, and protect.
thank you for all that they are doing. We continue to pray that all those in positions of power and authority across the world will do all that they can to bring this particular war to an end. We pray for the people of Russia who don't know what is being done in their name. We pray that they might come to know and be so appalled that they will rise up and say to their leaders, this is wrong and it must stop now. We know that there are one or two that are aware and that there are one or two that are speaking. We thank you for their courage. We pray that your hand of protection will be upon them because it's not easy to speak out in that country right now. God, will you please draw near to all those who are in need across that part of the world. Help them, we pray. We thank you for everything that happens uh, in this building. We pray your blessing on all of it. Thank you for the craft group who will be meeting uh, a little later this week for the men's breakfast that will happen somewhere else but has its origins in this place. Pray for those two groups as they meet and come together. Thank you, Father, that that's possible now, uh, post-pandemic. And as everybody is starting to get used to the idea, we pray that we'd still be mindful of one another, but that we would be aware of one another and that we will help one another out where we can. But we pray your rich blessing on those two groups and Pray for all those who will attend. Thank you for them. Bless them and encourage them, we pray. We think about uh, all of our friends who would normally be here but can't be because of illness. We don't need to list their names. We picture them, Lord, in our minds. Are you know exactly what they need right now. We ask you to come to them to reach out your healing hand and touch them. We pray for those who are approaching death. We pray that they will not be afraid, but that they will find peace and rest in you, even in these days. Thank you that you are the one who has walked this path before us. You've walked through death and you've come out the other side victorious we're glad that we worship the risen Jesus one who is a pathfinder and way marker indeed one who is the way the truth the life we gather up all of our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. We will sing together once again, what a beautiful name. If you're able, please stand.
sit down, friends. So between now and Pentecost, we're just going to focus on the resurrection appearances of Jesus. And today, uh, it is the appearance to Mary. Uh, we recall, uh, because we've said it before, usually on Easter Sunday morning, uh, Mary and the other women who are not named, actually, in this gospel, but she's in company with others, uh, they come to do that last act of love for their Lord. They come to anoint his body. But as they approach the tomb, there is shock and distress. <clears throat> the grave is desecrated. The grave is open. And there is no body. What has happened here? And Mary runs back to Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved. So in John's gospel, we know that is John's way of referring to himself. So to Simon Peter and to John, uh, and they run to the tomb and they look inside and then they go home. Uh, the first thing I notice about this is that there is seeing and there is not seeing. Peter goes into the tomb and he sees the strips of linen and he goes home. John goes in and sees the strips of linen and he believes and he goes home. Mary looks in and sees angels and has a conversation with them. Where is my Lord? And they say, woman, why are you crying? It's possible to look and not see what is there. It's possible to listen and to not hear what is said. Then I notice we get really seeing. We get revelation. Woman, why are you crying? The angels say. Well, what a stupid question that is. Uh, Mary is grieving. She's blinded by tears and stumbles outside. And the question is repeated to her again by another individual. Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Mary? Rabboni. As he speaks her name, she sees he's not dead, he's alive. And everything is changed from that moment onward. Her manner is changed, her whole way of being is changed by this revelation. And that is what happens to us, friends, uh, when we come face to face with this risen Jesus and accept that that is the truth. He has risen from the dead. It changes the way that you see the world. It changes the way that you see yourself. It changes the way that you see other people. Seeing and not seeing, really seeing. Revelation. And then there's moving on. It's wonderful news. Let's stay in this moment. We saw this uh, with the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was on top of the mountain with Peter, <coughs> James and John. Uh, and they had that terrific revelation 
uh, of Jesus as son of God, where his clothing gleamed like lightning and he was greeted by Elijah and uh, greeted by Moses. And there was a conversation going on between the three of them and the voice of God comes from heaven. And what does Peter say? Well, let's build three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Let's, let's stay in this moment. No, no, you can't do that. We're going to go back down the mountain. And then they have a very difficult task to accomplish uh, with the boy who's possessed by an evil spirit. And here Mary wants to stay in the moment. She grabs hold of Jesus. Teacher, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. Go and tell my brothers uh, what you've seen. And we're like this again, aren't we? Uh, you can't stay in that moment all the time. You have to move on. When we have those moments of revelation, when we know that Jesus is who he says he is, when we know that God is for us, when we are safe, when we know this spiritual moment, this spiritual high, it is natural to want to stay there. But we can't. We have to move on. If you stay, it will go stale. It will go sour. It's like uh, in the Exodus journeyings, when manna from heaven appeared every morning, there was only ever enough for the day, unless the next day was going to be a Sabbath, in which case there was enough for two days. But if you thought you were going to be clever and gather enough for the week so you didn't have to get up early the next morning, well, the next morning it was stinking, it was horrible and vile. You can't stay in those moments. They're there for your encouragement, they're there for our encouragement and to build us in our faith. But we're not to stay in those moments forever. They are there for a season to encourage us, to help us to grow to equip us and to enable us to do the work that God is calling us to do. And then we have to move on. Let those moments nurture you. Let those moments nourish you. Let those moments encourage faith in you. Go on. Grow on to maturity. This is a wonderful moment. But it is one moment, and there are many more to come. And then we have the message bearer, Mary, uh, who is a woman. And I've spoken before uh, about the significance and importance of the fact that the first witnesses to testify to the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead are actually women. Um, Mary is a type for all who feel that they are of no account because women in that culture at that time were really of no account. That's why Jesus is such a significant religious teacher and leader in that day. For the way he treats women, children, lepers, uh, the poor, people who have no account, people who, who would have been regarded as beyond the pale, 
Jesus welcomes them all, prostitutes, sinners, tax collectors, you name it, they were all found in his band of followers. So Mary is a type for all who feel uh, that they are of no account, whether we are male or female. This is typical of Jesus, and it's very consistent with the way that he operates. She is the one who is entrusted with the news of the resurrection. She is the one who is commissioned and sent back to the disciples. Go and tell my brothers. Go and tell them what you know. Go and tell them what you have seen. She is the one entrusted with that significant news. She is the first to have proven in experience what Jesus has been teaching throughout his ministry. She is the first to, to say, I have seen the Lord. May you be able to say the same. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father God, I pray that you will be among us all, that you'll be speaking tenderly to each one of us, especially, Father, those who believe that they're not worth anything, those who believe that they are not important, those who believe that they could never be special in your kingdom. pray that you will just gently and tenderly say to them you are worthy I love you and my death on the cross and resurrection is enough for you you can take your place and you should Thank you, Father God, for your great love for every one of us. Amen. We sing together once again. Uh, and of course, we will have uh, the Graham Kendrick song, uh, Led Like a Lamb to the Slaughter, Mary Master. If you're able, please stand.
may the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.